0: Hello and welcome to Metrics. This is your host, Philippa Burgess. This is season four, episode 10, and today's topic is commencement. So we know commencement is a beginning, a start, uh, but it's also that time of year for graduation ceremonies, which are the commencement ceremonies. And it's a celebration of an accomplishment and a new beginning. And many of us will have ourselves achieved the ceremony or our children or someone we know whose child is graduating. And it's an exciting time of year to celebrate the focused attention that's gone into that period of academic study and also transition to the excitement, but possibly also a little bit of fear about what comes next. Uh, it could be a transitioning at the elementary levels because they have kindergarten graduations. Uh, sometimes it's at fifth or sixth grade, eighth grade, uh, high school, and then at the various levels of college. But there's always that next step. What's coming next? What are your plans? Where do you go from here? How do you leverage uh, this investment, this education uh, in perhaps a bachelor's, master's, a PhD program, and transition. And I think right now I'm still a student. I'm in the middle of my program. I went to my commencement last May for my master's in urban planning. And I really wasn't sure exactly where the path was going to lead me. I was super pleased to finish that program. There was a bit of trepidation in the last month of our program because it's like, am I going to finish? Am I going to finish? And it was actually quite hard because we walked the ceremony and we wanted to be done. And yet our cohort was a summer start and it was a four semester program. So we still had a summer semester to complete. And as our professor said, just kind of turn your motors on, just rub them a little bit. It was very challenging to walk commencement and then not be done. And I knew that my goal was to pursue uh, the, the area of the urban planning that I really fell in love with, which was the GIS, the Geographic Information Sciences, the design aspect, urban design, as well as the spatial data sciences and everything in that. But I had applied and not yet heard back. So as of commencement, I really didn't have a clear idea of where the path was going to lead me. I didn't know exactly what was next. I still needed to move confidently forward, but also move in a way that was unclear of knowing what my options are and which of the directions that I could go uh, would unfold. And it wasn't until late June, early July that I actually heard back from my program saying, yes, you're accepted and you you can start in late August. And so there was a bit of time where I was not really clear uh, if I was going to be accepted into the USC program. I hoped I would. I had both the bachelor's and master's from USC, and I had done reasonably well that it made sense that I would be accepted. But until I was, I couldn't count on it. It still was their decision to make. And I looked into other programs. And for me, it was the health insurance. I I love USC. I'm very pleased with my program and my relationship to the university. I looked into other online programs none of them that I was finding had health insurance included in it for online students in a lot of cases it was almost like a licensing deal that the online program had with the university and so their position was well you're a student but you're not really a student and because you're not on campus that's just not not a benefit that's provided and for me that is one of my deciding factors among others so it really if anything got me to really reconfirm my commitment that I really wanted to be part of the USC program. And then one thing led to another and getting into the GIST program, uh, which is a geographic information science. I'd only applied for a certificate, which is a one year program to really get comfortable with the software for map making and data visualization in the spatial data space, uh, a lot of Esri software. And Arc, ArcGIS Pro, ArcGIS Online, Story Maps, uh, Story Apps, sort of that whole suite of software. Uh, and along the way, I also wanted to learn uh, SQL, Python, programming, and some other things that would just make me a competent uh, data analyst and data visualizer. And then one thing led to another. Uh, it was definitely a step by step process. This whole podcast has been an audio journal about transitions, moving from one space in our lives uh, to something else, to really, how do we begin? How do we gain momentum? How do we grow? How do we move from aspiring through emerging to established, uh, to leader, to superstar, uh, and every stage in between? And this has been just a very interesting year for me in my ability to transition from the arts into the sciences. And starting that first semester in the GIST program was very interesting to see the differences between having studied arts and now entering science and seeing how science was different and how I was kind of out of my depth. And it took me some time to get into the appropriate mindset for sciences, but that they were more approachable now than I felt that they'd ever been in my entire academic career, and I was very pleased about that. I was pleased to own my identity as a woman in STEM, as a woman in tech, and having very closely followed the Ukraine war and, and creating a TikTok channel dedicated to supporting the war, uh, not supporting the war, but supporting supporting Ukraine in their war uh, against Russia, I had found myself going back to my international relations bachelor academics and finding that interest in geopolitics. And so when a scholarship opportunity came up for the ICCAE, which is the intelligence community, I thought it would be of interest to apply. And a lot of the things that came my way in the fall felt very new and a bit out of my element, but exciting at the same time. I was very interested in how do I pivot? How do I reinvent? How do I go in an entirely new academic and professional direction? And it was applying for the scholarship I pointed to my TikTok channel to say, hey, this is what I've been doing in this space. And clearly I had a natural relations degree. I already had a master's in urban planning, but it was kind of, what do I do with planning? It's a very interesting, di- multidisciplinary degree, but it seemed like it married well to something else. And it needed to find its other. What aspect of urban planning was I going to specialize in? And now I'm finding my interest is very much in climate impact national security, and AI machine learning so and communications, kind of putting all of those sort of four pieces together. But that was an evolving process. So it started with just the GIST certificate. And we had a field trip for all the students to do one week on Catalina Island, which was really amazing to meet my fellow students and make some friends and ask questions and get a sense of what was the difference between the various master's programs and make a decision if I wanted to make that commitment to doing a full second master's. And at this time I was accepted into the ICCAE scholarship program, which stands for Intelligence Community Center for Academic Excellence. And they have these hub schools that they do specific mentoring and recruitment from for the intelligence community and i was accepted into the scholar program and suddenly there was this new sense of identity okay i'm now being mentored within the intelligence community this is interesting and because of the security clearance process they take a year to take this applications and then review them and then for those they select or go through the interview process, then they go through a security clearance, which can take anywhere from two to six months or more. Um, but for those summer internship opportunities, it's, it's a similar process to being hired, but they sponsor it. And if an agency is sponsoring it, they just do this all the time. So it's much more part of their protocol. Whereas a private company, it's a pretty great expense for them to put their interns or employees through the clearance process and I applied for one of the positions that I was on a recruitment call and it felt very aspirational in my application. I felt like properly represented who I was, but I didn't feel like I was the person they were looking for because the things that they wanted related to language and programming and data analysis skills and some of the maths, I didn't have yet. I was just at the beginning of my program. And so I felt that it was a very aspirational application. And so I wasn't surprised when I didn't get it, but I kept applying for things. So the next thing that came into my line of vision was the Google Women Techmakers program. And for any woman who is involved in tech, I highly... Recommend this program. It's called Women Tech Makers, and I did the audio summit for International Women's Day called Dare to Greet, which you can find uh, through 360 Top Radio for Women or also on the Museum Metrics YouTube channel. And it was such a joy to interview eight fellow Google Women Tech Maker ambassadors. And you are given the opportunity to be mentored by the Google team, uh, as they want to recruit more women into tech. Uh, make tech friendlier to women, have more retention growth for women in tech, more networking opportunities, and education training. And the requirements are that you participate, you create content, and you're a community leader. So I applied for this program that I just kind of caught out of the corner of my eye, and I submitted an application, and the next thing I knew, I was accepted into Google Women Tech Makers. And that has been so incredibly transformative in both my identity as a tech professional. And it's nice to both be at USC and an IC scholar and the Google Women Tech Makers. There's this incredible synergy that happens. And what I notice is the more you do, the more you do, because now I'm seeing more applications coming at me for scholarship programs, for speaking opportunities. And they all want your credits. If you wanna be in the media, they say, well, where have you been in the media before? If you want to get on a stage, they say, where have you been on a stage before? If you wanna get a scholarship, they say, what other accolades and credentials have you gotten before? So now having these two on my resume feels very empowering and very much starting to root me in an identity and a community because after I left what I was doing before, I, I let go of any professional identity, any professional community, and therefore I was feeling a little lost. Uh, USC was a long time home for me uh, because I'd done my undergraduate there, so I was very happy to be back in the USC circle, but again with the word commencement it means you're done with your academics and you now begin your life. So in some ways, School can be very comfortable, school could also be a rickety bridge, but the idea is it's a bridge to somewhere. You should at some point end your journey and begin on the other side. And through this, uh, Google Women Techmakers, right around the same time I also applied for the full master's program in the human security and geospatial intelligence. So as part of the Spatial Sciences Institute, which is where I was getting the GIST, uh, the Geographic Information Science and Technology certificate. And then I was a bit confused because I wasn't sure wait, now that I'm in the master's program, once they accepted me to that, the core first two classes were the same as the GIST, but they kind of forked off in different directions. I was not quite clear do I get both the certificate and the master's, or are they separate, or now I'm only in the master's program? And I was talking to some of my other students who were completing the certificate and then we're gonna go on to apply for the master's after they completed their certificate with the intention of getting both. So I approached the faculty um, the leadership in the department and just made my proposal saying, I'd really like to get both. I've looked at which classes are in common, which classes are different. And it looks like I need to just take two more classes to qualify for both the certificate. and the masters to which they approve that. So now I technically am uh, eligible for commencement this year uh, for my GIST certificate, which I will complete in August. Um, But I will be out of the country for a month uh, visiting family, and that's a joy of being a student um, in an online program. I'll be taking my studies with me. I'll still have a final paper and a final exam to deliver uh, when I'm in England, but I'm enjoying the opportunity to visit family and I haven't been there in a decade. So I'm very much looking forward to that upcoming trip. And my lovely audience will be coming with me since I will be broadcasting from England while I'm there as well show continues. So I can share uh, what I'm experiencing and, and my perspective of being outside of the country. And then I'll continue on with summer school this summer um, with what I had this semester in spring is one class that was towards GIST and one class that was towards the uh, human security and geospatial intelligence. And in the summer, the same thing, I'll take my last towards my GIST certificate, and then I will take my next class in my human security and geospatial intelligence. And then I also applied for another internship that was something that was very well-timed in terms of doing a presentation and needing to do some research. And I saw that it was a summer internship, and it was remote, it was part-time. And I heard back saying, hey, we want someone who's squarely in kind of earth science and meteorology and you're not that person. And we only get one intern. And I was like, oh, and for some reason, I thought they would get a lot of interns and I could find my way uh, into into the larger conversation. But what happened there is that I ended up developing a nice acquaintance by email with the director. And so I was able to ask him lots of questions about the project that I was doing. And he turned me on to a ton of resources and gave me great information. And it was incredibly useful in my presentation, and my project, uh, because I gave a talk at the ICCAE annual colloquium on the topic. And then I delivered a paper for my uh, human security and disaster management course on the Buffalo Blizzard, and he was just really helpful. And in the process, I joined uh, the AMS Weather Band, which is the uh, American Meteorological Society. So I'm actually able to get into that conversation that I wanted to get into, but I didn't quite qualify as an intern. And in reality, nor do I really have the time this summer. I have a whole bunch of other priorities and objectives. So I'll bless it as a gift that I didn't get any of the summer internships for this summer, but I found my own project that I want to do through Google Women Techmakers and uh, with the GeoInt community. I've decided that I'm just going to really focus on my interests at the intersection of uh, geospatial intelligence and uh, AI and machine learning and put those together and really do a deep dive into understanding this area wanting to really understand all the agencies and their roles and these affiliated companies, associations, and also how they all work together, what their various missions are, uh, who is actually in their leadership, what some of the language and technical terms are, uh, and just parts of the fields of study, um, whether it's across programming or foreign language that are highlighted within Uh, The work. And so it's, it's a way to sort of find my way into these communities and the intersection of these communities and engage in some valuable conversations and just a learning and also a project that I can present when I'm continuing to apply for opportunities. I've also now just applied for another internship opportunity for summer of 2024. And those applications are due in the spring of 2023 because of that year-long uh, process uh, for both the interviews and the security clearance. And then my professors and advisors have made clear that there to be another uh, opportunity opening in August. I think August, September, they accept applications and they're looking um, for quite a few interns and they're very much, have a good relationship with the USC Spatial Sciences Institute, so there's a lead in on that. So I look forward to sort of seeing where this all takes me next. But I share this just to say, you know, how possible it is to reinvent oneself. And obviously, perhaps it's a clearer path if you do it through a more traditional academic route. But it's also very possible to do it on your own by finding the right uh, associations, by finding the right information, the right communities, the right conversations, uh, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's an association membership, whether it's networking, uh, Google developer groups have events all of the time. The whole point of Women Techmaker Ambassadors is that we are there to create content and be community leaders, but we are also there to invite people in and to anyone who has an interest in learning more about women in tech, supporting women in tech, getting into the tech industry, uh, figuring out where there might be opportunities, these events and uh, both in-person and virtual content that's created are great on-ramps to opportunity and to new ways of thinking. And Khan Academy is so great as far as getting up to speed on any uh, maths or sciences or language arts. And I'm in there um, learning about calculus and statistics because those are both uh, foundational to the work that uh, I am pursuing in data science and data analytics and, and geospatial analytics. And I've come so far because when I first opened the software for ArcGIS Pro, I didn't even have a starting point. I knew very little of the terminology to understand what is a feature, what is a feature layer, what is a raster versus what is vector. And um, for a raster file is pixelated and can has those squares and, and sort of operates as almost like a sheet, uh, like a blanket of data. Um, and then the other ones, as far as vectors, are points, lines, and polygons. Polygons is basically meaning a drawn shape. And so oftentimes you'll have the vector images overlay the rest. And now this week's project is uh, a final project in our photography class. And there's still some things I'm figuring out. I mean, every time I do things, I learn new things. And I'm really slow, it takes me time, but I'm enjoying this map making process. It totally taps into my inner creative and yet at the same time has this uh, science technology piece to it. And so it's a really good intersection of my interests. And it also has the communication piece because you're ultimately creating something for communication, to tell a story. And what I'm working on right now, I only have half of my story. I've been able to, I think for some reason, I just found the Baltic Sea to be of interest. And I created what they call a digital elevation model so that I've pulled in the topographical information. So you sort of see the, the shape of the hills and the valleys and the water bodies and then I gave it a white overlay to sort of put it in snow. And then I found some data sets that allowed me to put some ice cover on the Baltic Sea uh, because some of it uh, remains frozen throughout the year and other parts of it uh, are seasonal. But much of the Baltic Sea is covered in ice. And to really understand the region, uh, what countries border it, what are the various gulfs that. Um, come off of it? What are the countries that surround it? And But I still need sort of a story, a thematic theme. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say, whether it's about uh, climate impact, whether it's about pollution, whether it's about the the Nord Stream hijacking, uh, the explosion um, that uh, rendered those pipelines inoperable. And so um, at that point, I'll consult with my professor today and finalize kind of well, what is the story I'm trying to tell but it's very pretty I'm very pleased with how pretty my scene is and also I I'll get some consultation from him but I spun it around so that it's not from the point of view that you would traditionally see with like north up I sort of spun it so that the St. Petersburg is at the bottom and the map has a eastward facing orientation. And and the reason was, is that I wanted it to look like that where the pipeline goes to Germany through the Baltic Sea, that it is almost, that that pipeline has been rendered inoperable so that the flow is going downward from Germany kind of back to Russia uh which is why I wanted to orient it that way so I guess my story is going to have something to do with uh, the uh Nord Stream uh, hijack hijacking explosion um basically um sabotage they don't know who did it uh and then of course a lot of people are saying oh it was Russia it was people against the war it was pro-Ukraine um and then it's uh People who are sort of anti-American. Will say, "Oh, it was the Americans." So it really depends on kind of what the point of view is. But it is at this point unsolved as far as who actually uh, blew up the Nord Stream pipelines. Uh, even though contractually and politically they had stopped delivering or accepting uh, natural gas through those pipelines in Germany, it was they were still filled with natural gas, so it was quite a significant uh, event and a release of methane when they were uh, put with undersea explosives. And the seismic uh, scientists definitely noticed the shockwaves from the time when those explosions happened. So I have a map. So we'll see. Let's do Friday. I've got a couple of days to get it uh, get it done. And my learning though has come a long way. And I think that was my goal. My goal for this year was really to get the hard skills. So to see sort of how far someone can come in a year. I really feel like my hard skills are coming together. I'm not done yet. I feel like I still want another year or two to really dial in all of those technical skills. And including, as I've talked about before, wanting to be a content creator, uh, audio, video, um, better social media. Uh, I'm not quite there to want to hire a team to do the things that I'm doing. I'm definitely doing things that are, one, what can I do um, basically on my own? So I move as slowly as I go. Uh, And perhaps that will at some point be Part of uh, what I do is is build a small team around me um, to move some of my initiatives and projects further faster. But that said, I want to make sure that I am invested in that path and I'm not going to abandon it for a better opportunity and that I can make sure that the cash flow part of it works, that whatever the investment that I have into it, that I can confirm that I can maintain that level of integrity, that the whole thing works. So I think there will be a part of me that at some point will want to engage a small team around the projects that I'm creating and the things that I'm up to. But I want to, I need to get a little further down the road with other things. And I think part of it is every time I open a map project, I have no idea if it's going to take me three hours or 30 hours. And so my time runs away from me. And I think the same thing with being a content creator. I have to do as much as I can do, and I need to get all of my routines in check. And there'll probably be a point where I can see, okay, there is a task where there's something that I'm doing with my time or something I'm just not doing that needs to be done that it would be better for someone else to do. And I think that that is the more realistic way for me to move forward because my time becomes more and more precious and I'm starting to really see the path forward. I'm starting to see the new opportunities that are coming together and it's exciting. I'm welcoming it and I'm in the commencement period after uh, an urban planning degree where I decided that my path forward was I'm going to stay in school for a little while longer. And it's an investment, but it's one that I'm really excited about, not only because I feel like it's actually tapping into my own potential and what I'm capable of, but I feel like I'm actually meeting the future because the world continues to change and evolve and advance. And I think that at the core of what I'm saying to everyone is continue to learn. I don't care what your path is. I don't care what you're currently doing. You're always going to benefit by taking the time to learn a new skill, understand something, to get a better perspective, Uh, whether it's through YouTube videos, the books that you read, uh, masterclass courses, LinkedIn learning courses, Uh, just anything that is leading you to up-leveling your skill uh, and just your general understanding because I think it's really important for all of us to consider how is AI and machine learning being deployed in our society? Where is it working? Where is it going off the rails? Where does it have bias? How do we speak up and complain about it if it's not working and it's doing harm who do we complain to? And that understanding a lot of companies want to put these AI models in black boxes and that they want to uh, say, hey, this is a proprietary algorithm. But if it's a not working algorithm, just understanding how much human oversight is still needed uh, with this technology, whether it's in the generative AI, whether it's in machine learning, also just understanding the language of it. Making sure that we are also understanding the language of it. Making sure that we are staying up to date as this stuff is continuing to evolve and just become part of our society. And that is one of the reasons why I advocate for continuing to learn, uh, because we as people don't want to become uh, redundant. And so, uh, we're gonna see uh, some changes in the workforce. Some jobs are gonna go away, new jobs are gonna be created, uh, new departments uh, will come into play, uh, new leadership will be needed and collaboration. And so therefore I just encourage people to just keep, keep learning and keep growing It also helps our own confidence, our own self-esteem, how we think about ourselves, how we identify ourselves, uh, what we go for, um, what opportunities we qualify for. And it's interesting seeing these things that I'm doing that are incredibly competitive and how much, even though I'm trying to do my best like I come with years of experience that I still need to present my best game, that I still need to be better, that I still need to perform at an optimal uh, level and, and stay motivated and stay driven and stay disciplined. And there a lot of these things that you wanna learn, it's just a little bit every day Uh, It doesn't need to be overwhelming. And if it's approached with joy, it is, you'll just go further faster. And then it also leads you to collaboration. And it leads you to hearing about things and thinking about things that you might not otherwise have thought about. So, for example, we had a little networking event with our professors and fellow students. And just a few people popped in and did a virtual And it was really nice because they sat with us and I actually was the first one that popped in and then uh, two other students came in. So it was small, but it was incredibly valuable because they, the two professors, one is one of my professors in class and the other one I know sort of through the department. And they chatted with me about my plans, what I'm doing, how they could help. One offered to write a letter uh, in support of a scholarship application. They talked about the internships. And, and it was a scholarship application that I had looked at and then glanced over and passed on. And they said, no, 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 take another look at it. you want to apply to this one. And therefore I needed to take another look and I filled out half the application last night and I still need to write uh, an essay about it and I need to request my letters of recommendation, but this is another one that seems that it's worth going for. And now that I have these things that continue to build on each other as credentials, I'm able to continue to leverage this momentum. And momentum's definitely been a theme that I've talked about in this show. Consistency has been a theme. Uh, learning transformations have been a theme. And I'm excited. I mean, I've really kept this as an audio journal just to talk about just this whole transformation that I'm doing in my professional life from a point that I just let go of everything and said, nope, I don't want to be in this field anymore. I don't want to be doing this job anymore. I just want to uh, reset, reinvent, transform, and going back to school and then finding where do I belong? Uh, given this education, given this information. And for a lot of my classmates in urban planning, they were already architects or they had business degrees or they had law degrees. Um, one even had a PhD in education. And urban planning was a nice, you kind know, of married well to their existing skill sets and professions. And for me, it was a new um, piece of it, but I think it married well to my interest in communications. and uh, whether it's stakeholder engagement communications, public communications, uh, how we are part of a participatory democracy and just seeing and understanding a bigger picture for land use and the relationship between our need for energy but how that creates uh, pollution and how and the mining has an impact On the environment. And when we burn fuels, it has an impact on the environment, but we still all need heat and energy and transportation. And so it's that balancing act between uh, what our needs are as humans and how we use natural resources, but also at the same time, how we need to protect the environment and be aware of climate impact. And so a lot of what I'm studying now is related to disaster preparedness, disaster planning. And making people more aware that we often think of the one man who's like, okay, I got this. I'm going to be the proper and I'm going to get my food and I'm going to get my guns and I'm going to, you know, I'll be off the grid and I'll totally sustain myself. But we as people typically live in cities and, and we very much rely on our government, our local government, our state government, our federal government to bail us out of problems. And so to really make sure that, we're able to uh, be aware of what our city and regional emergency preparedness plans are and understand various risks and vulnerabilities. And so it starts with what is the hazard locally? Is there a hazard that's related to fire or earthquake or flood, or hurricane or a blizzard? Uh, what are the hazards and then different of the community will have different levels of risk related to that hazard and only when that hazard happens and it has a loss of life loss of property does that hazard then become a disaster and with every disaster there's going to be a loss it's just a question of what is considered acceptable loss and that's where uh, hazard Um, preparation, hazard mitigation uh, comes in, and different levels of uh, personal insurance and government insurance um, to make sure that people can uh, well, ideally survive it, and then how do they rebuild. And some of this education uh, is just also public communication, like more people need to know that carbon monoxide will kill you. And if you Uh, have lost heat going into your garage and warming yourself up in your car is not a solution um, because the fumes cannot escape and they circulate back into the vehicle and it's an invisible um, toxin uh, that's deadly. And we saw that in the Texas freeze. We saw that in the Buffalo blizzard that that was just another way that people were dying in these freezes because they weren't properly informed about how to actually protect themselves and that that was uh, not the solution. Um, but then other people froze to death. So you can also say, hey, the people who died of carbon monoxide were at least trying to not freeze to death. Uh, so another you know, part of this is, is how do we harden our infrastructure um, to make it more resilient. But then some of these hurricane winds um, knock down power lines, knock down trees that take out power lines. Um, And sometimes it takes a while to restore power. So having those kind of thoughts about what do we do if we completely lose power? What do we do um, uh, related to fire? Um, Making sure that, you know, flammable material is not uh, close to the house, it's, it's help. It's better to make sure that if you have dead trees, you remove them because the question is, you know, what will burn? And uh, dead trees will burn first. Um, removing any kind of brush close to the house, basic things that just help us be aware, situationally aware of our environment, and aware of what the hazards are in our environment, and just be prepared and protected for them. What I learned in uh, the last episode, I talked about just being stuck at the airport uh, over two days and realizing, like, I was fine, but I was watching a situation unfold that uh, felt tragic for many people. And um, it was just disorienting and uncomfortable and um, had people sort of out of pocket in ways that there's always going to be a front of the line, there's always going to be a back of the line but just making sure that the same people aren't always at the front of the line and the same people aren't always at the back of the line when you look at issues of equity. And therefore, uh, it was a case study in uh, all sorts of things about advocacy and equity. Um, but I think that you know one of the things I encourage it's not only speaking up for yourself, but learning to speak up for others. You can't help everybody, but at least helping those that are in your circle, those that you become acquainted with that it's difficult to sort of say, oh, I've solved my problem, good luck, and still continue the conversation. Uh, So for me, as long as I could uh, help those that I was immediately acquainted with um, to make sure, hey, I'm, I'm solved, but now let me make sure you're solved as well. And I was grateful to be able to do that. And therefore... Um, all of it is beginning, I'm going to go travel to England for a month, and we've got the coronation, and that's a new beginning, a different kind of uh, commencement, uh, commencement of uh, King Charles third uh, reign, and um, I'm looking forward to that celebration. I have a British family, and my mom in particular is in, very much a fan of the royal family, and I have always admired the tradition and the culture and so I'm very very much looking forward to that time in England um, for those festivities and with uh, my family there and that will be good. So just it's spring uh, celebrate new beginnings it's the beginning of spring it's the beginning of summer and it's spring cleaning but it's also just an opportunity to think about those transitions, those beginnings? What do you want to start? What do you want to celebrate? Who can you support as they make their transitions into the next phase of their lives? In some cases, some of us like myself are very comfortable in school and are very much uh, not even sure what that transition is gonna look like after we finish school. Um, There's certain lifestyle choices that I have fully supported in being a student and I'm curious how I may be able to continue to uh, spend time with my parents across two coasts and be employed. Um, I don't need to be with them all the time. They're very self-sufficient, but I do come through and help with a number of things and just enjoy their company. So I want to make sure that I have a certain amount of flexibility uh, when I Reapproach the working world. And that's why I want a, the right runway. And it might be that I create my own path, I create my own company. And if I need to do that, I will. Um, but I'm also very clear about standing up for uh, my needs, for what is an appropriate work-life balance and the fact that I live the way that I do and that I need things that are supportive of uh, my personal life as well as my professional life. But it's an exciting time and I'm really appreciating these milestones that I keep uh, coming across. And so now things such as having submitted an application for next summer and having an eye on the places that I'll apply next and next and next and as well as new scholarship opportunities that are coming into my line of vision and realizing I need to be much more motivated about uh, pursuing these scholarship opportunities because I've allowed myself to lean into the loans, lean into just feeling that I was so traumatized in so many ways that I just kind of threw my hands up and I was so physically sick and mentally exhausted that it um, wasn't feeling like the right fit but right now I'm in the middle of my academic program so a lot of scholarships like the fact that I still have another year ahead of me but I've also kind of got a year in and I already have a previous master so it's a perfect time for me to really push forward on scholarships and really push forward on getting the best possible uh, internship for the summer of 2024. And and let's be clear, I'm in my mid-40s, so I welcome being an intern. I am actually quite joyful about the possibility. I've also applied for a summer mentorship program, which is a week-long uh, mentorship. I don't know when they make the announcements of who is selected for it, but I've kept that open in my schedule if I am chosen. So I have that as well, and um, it's coming together. I'm going to go to the ESRI conference, which is the geographic information science software that we use uh, in July and really get an opportunity to meet other women in GIS. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And I was invited by one of my uh, Google Women Tech makers to uh, do a panel presentation at another one of the largest in the world, uh, women in tech conferences, the Grace Hopper. So we just uh, submitted a panel presentation. And I think that that was something that was in my mind earlier was that this was going to be the year that I did more of my own content kind of quietly. And next year, I would want to put myself on more public stages. But I am seeing that that is coming at me faster than I anticipated. So I have a feeling that I will start getting onto more stages earlier than I had anticipated. And another one that I am kind of proud of is that For a long time, my mom's had a criticism. If someone said something to her about an early draft of a book that I had shared with my aunt and I think my uncle had said something to my mom that was kind of critical of it. And ever since then, my mom was very dismissive of my book and she was saying, oh, I don't know why you did this, this and this. And I had uh, a printed copy of it at her house and I pulled it out and I said, here, here, here's a red marker. Anything you don't like, fix it tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you want to improve. Let's make it better rather than criticize it. Let us improve it. And I think when she looked at it, she realized that like the one thing he said was something I said in my acknowledgement that um, she wanted me to edit. It was like, okay, no problem. That's one page out of 400 pages. And I think she's now seeing it with fresh eyes to actually look at it. And it's like, yeah, please, please help me make it better. So that's something else I'm actually excited about revisiting a book that I published in 2015 and making it available again and actually promoting it and selling it and actually publishing other uh, books as well. I'm excited to get back into that uh, mode of being a content creator and being an author and being a speaker and having that as one of those uh, pillars so that I have the geospatial intelligence piece of what I'm studying, um, which is around climate impact, which is around national security. And then I have the tech, which is the programming and the AI. And then I have communications, which also includes foreign language. And so just kind of putting all that together I don't know where that mix exactly is going to lead me, but I feel like it's somewhere good if I just keep at it a little bit every day, just slow and steady, keep moving forward and finding my right place. And so I'm not quite ready for the next phase of commencement, but I do want to acknowledge that it is that time and the Last year has been an example of what I have done since my last commencement. And again, I qualify for one in finishing up my certificate program this year, uh, but I will be out of the country. so And I don't need to go to another graduation at this point. I will uh, yield and then I have a December 2024 graduation. So all of that said, I'm very much just looking forward to continuing having strong finals finishing up final projects just getting good things done and watching this evolution and sharing it so that I can inspire others to do things to be brave to dare to be uh, to think about what's possible and to not get complacent and um, think about things, again, relative to is something a reason or is something an excuse? And the conclusion I have there is that if you have full intent behind it, it's a reason. If you never had full intent, but you're just trying to protect yourself from other people's judgments, you're looking for anything that reasonably looks like a reason, uh, but truly is an excuse. So really, it becomes down to what was your intention? So for example, if it is around being late for something, was it your intention to be on time? Then you had legitimate reasons why you got held up. Whereas if it was never really your intention to be there on time and you just are looking for like, well, all the things that happened that made it so that you couldn't be there uh, when you were supposed to be, those become excuses. So looking in your life as well and having Honest reflection and honest conversations about where you're at, um, where you're going, and making sure that you're um, self supportive and self encouraging and not coming from a place of uh, an unbelieving in yourself or your abilities. And sometimes you have to go in and fill in um, missing. Knowledge, because some of these pieces are Jenga pieces and it's not about you. Um, Sometimes it just wasn't taught to you well and then it got more and more frustrating and more and more traumatizing because there were missing pieces. So a lot of times you just kind of have to um, approach all of it with a fresh mind and um, almost start at the beginning and see where the missing pieces are and see if you can uh, re-construct it. But again, you have to deal with the trauma piece of it. And with trauma in its simplest forms, it's looking at what happened, what were the impacts of what happened, and how do you move forward? Um, I mean, that might be an oversimplification, but it's a way uh, to address it. And I think a lot of people in our country have um, math trauma and education trauma uh, that needs to be addressed. But with that said, once you kind of get your uh, momentum in and, and begin, it all sort of builds on top of each other incrementally in ways that actually become easy. Uh, so it, it really is about commencement. It is about beginning. It's about finding that starting place. It's about being willing to review what's easy until you find the place where it starts to get hard and then looking from multiple perspectives on how to explain it until something kind of clicks and not being afraid uh, that there's no judgment to you to say, I don't understand this. And uh, I think a lot of it is just knowing where and how to comfortably ask for help and being willing to um, blunder and make mistakes and uh, just tumble our way through it. Um, For me, it was a big leap to sort of say, hey, I'm a woman in tech. Hey, I'm a woman in STEM. And in reality, I am. And I don't feel that it's an imposter syndrome. I just feel that there's a, oh, I'm at the beginning of this and that's okay to be at the beginning, but I am part of this and I'm definitely going to own my place in it. And if I can bring uh, communication and event planning and strategic partnerships and just things that I've done in my past, if I can bring them to the table and maximize and use the skills I already have. I think that's gonna be actually part of my work in my time between now and when I graduate is learning how to fold in my previous career experience because although I have let my career go and said, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm ready to go in a new direction. I still have skills. I still have knowledge. I still have relationships. I still have ways of doing things that bring a unique experience and a unique perspective. And I, in SI, am in managing. And that's comes back to the whole circle of, you know, how do I appropriately engage a team and need support in what I'm doing? But I also don't have a lot of time. I want things that move me forward and not necessarily hold me back because now suddenly i'm spending more time managing than i am uh, producing and that's something that just needs to be uh, incorporated but that said i have a coach that i work with i have a mastermind group i have my professors i have my peers i have my associations so i'm not alone and i think um, i have a um, whole community through 60 top radio for women I have the Google Women Techmakers. So I think at this point, it really, it's more about finding ways to collaborate. And it's those strategic collaborations that are going to um, propel uh, me forward in um, the next phase. And so it'll be exciting to see for me uh, where I end up in this next year as I continue to progress and learn and build on these skills and venture into the world of uh, content creation and intelligence and uh, AI, machine learning, programming, um, foreign language skills, travels, uh, and really still leaning into creating more content. Uh, And just, yeah, it keeps me busy. And then, of course, I've got my upcoming advancement in martial arts. So that's something that's 10 years in the making. I'm really excited to test to my third degree black belt. So I've got things. And uh, it's a great time to celebrate and congratulate the graduates in your life, those who are having a commencement ceremony, celebrating with them. Uh, If it's yourself, congratulations um, on all your hard work and wishing you great success in your transitions. Um, If it's your children or grandchildren or children you know, or adults, people you know, um, celebrating their accomplishments, their hard work, and their opportunity for new beginnings. And I really think that that's what it is, is this time to say you've done well, and now it's time for whatever is next.